Can you see me? You should be able to see me, right? No, I can't see you. All I see is your uh, profile picture. Oh. There's a little camera icon oh. down there. You get it. Oh, I found it. There we go. All right, there we go. I thought you were watching a good. Damn, I had to pick my nose. I could have picked my nose. You wouldn't even know. <laughs> you doing it in disguise? <laughs> <laughs> there he is. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Long time no see. Dude, so I've been in a boot. I had surgery two weeks ago. So I've been in a boot. So I went to this block event the other day in my boot. Dude, let's talk about funny. this on the show. This sounds like good stuff for the show. Okay. Let's start recording. All right, All right. so I'm just, I'm just going to run it in. I'm just going to roll this in right here. So welcome in, Leadheads. Uh, this is episode 330, the Talking Lead podcast, coming off the heels of our AK Corner. I know you guys are uh, knee-deep in our AK Corner uh, segment, so uh, make time for our regular segment as well. Break away from that AK Corner we got a great show for you today. we got our good buddy Rob Manning, as you heard, heard him talking there. He's getting ready to, to tell some stories. I thought we should just go ahead and start recording, so uh, <laughs> we don't want to miss any golden nuggets uh, before we get started. So uh, Rob is uh, no stranger to the show. He's been on the show before. We were traveling partners to Poland. We went there and uh, did a tour of the Pioneer Arms Factory, and uh, he's been on the show a couple of times since then. So Rob, welcome in. Hey, thanks, man. How you doing, Leadheads? Man, uh, it's been a while since you and I have talked, and I know there's been a lot have has changed in your life since I think the last time you were on. Uh, we'll yeah, talk, we'll, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll talk about that, and then you were getting ready to tell us a story about uh, your your boot cast here while you're at the the Glock release of their new G44, which we're going to talk about that today also, um, and and a few other things. Um, but before we do that, make sure you guys go and support those that support the Talking Lead podcast. You want to check out Keltec Weapons. Speaking of 22s, they've got a couple of new 22s out. They've got the CP33 and they've got that new CP17, the, I think. The P17, their 22LR. Um, go check those out. Uh, but they have been running some great deals over this uh, end of the year season holiday specials. Uh, go check them out. Their social media, Instagram, Facebook, of course, their website. And uh, show them the love. Show them the Leadhead Brigade love. So, um, Rob, you you had yes, the, the the prestigious pleasure to go and personally test this new G forty four before it hit the the market here. So, we want to talk about that. But let's talk about this boot. So, you were talking about your boot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, there's a little bit of a backstory on this boot. Okay. Um. So, I had surgery on my ankle two weeks ago. And the uh, Glock event, of course, was last Monday, which was one week after my surgery. So I was still in my surgery boot. And one of my writers, he's a former writer of mine uh, when I was editor at Gunworld, he was there. And uh, Sean Curtis, uh, and he's, he does a lot of writing for like Police One and all that. You guys can check him out there. Um, he was there. But the funny thing is, two years ago, I was at another media event and I had just had surgery back then and he was there and that was actually the, he had been writing for me for about six months at that time yeah but that's the first time we met face to face so we're down in florida and we're at this media event and there was like a, a hurricane like the week before so everything was just complete swamp and mud and here i am lumbering about in this boot and the uh foam liner is getting all wet and he, he called me swamp foot and <laughs> 
And I tell you, by the end of the uh, week, it smelled like swamp foot. I'll the, bet. Yeah. That Nasty. Airplane, not that pleasurable for the lady sitting next to me. Either. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, fast forward two years ago and I show up at this event and Sean is there again and me with my boots. So he took a, a pretty cool picture of it both times. And so um, on my Instagram feed, you can see he did a little picture, uh, half and half, old foot, new foot. It's kind of funny. Nice. So these, all these foot problems that you're having, is this uh, is this due to your many years of service in the military coming it, back it, to haunt you? Know, that's kind of the uh, initial underlying problem. Is that I was, uh, and I don't blame the military. It was more of me. I was too stupid to go get stuff looked at by a doctor when I was in. Yeah. Um, it's so that was kind of the foundation when I when I in fact when I first got out, I went. And the doctor, uh, I, had, I don't remember what the issue was, but he took an x-ray of it. And he looked at it. He's like, did you shatter your ankles? <laughs> both, my, cause both my ankles are really bad. Oh, damn. But two years ago, I got my big toe. I got a new uh, synthetic joint put in. And then this time, I, I have all types of, all types of problems, <laughs> man. I got rip cartilage. Both my tendons are worn out. I had bone fragments in there. My bones themselves were all... Uh, they had like sharp edges and stuff. And Were you a paratrooper kind of, or something? What? what the heck? No, I'm an. That's what I was. <laughs> What's that? An idiot. <laughs> so you know, like you, you know, you have a fifty pound pack at, pack on and flak jacket, helmet, and my TO weapon when I was in the infantry was an M249. So with all that gear, hey, let's jump out the back of a five ton. <laughs> Landing that shock on the ankles was not good. Um, and then, uh, there's a period I ran for almost a full year on two sprained ankles. I'm sure that was probably not good for long-term yeah. ankle. Well, so, <laughs> so you're all better now, I guess, after these, these many surgeries. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully. hopefully. So you, you're rested, you recouped, um, from the, the Glock event. And that's something I want to talk about. You know, I want to talk about this Glock event. I didn't get an invitation. I'm a little butthurt about that. Uh, I had to send Corey a message on that. I didn't know anything about it. But uh, we're going to talk about that. But first, we've got to take care of some jack wagons, and we've got to honor some heroes. So, Gunny, bring that train in. Hoorah, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, so the train has stationed... We're going to take care of our jack wagons first. And I've got a couple here from you leadheads. I'm going to go to our, our mailbox. This one comes to us from Jason Farmer. And it says, Nerf Gun Grabbers. It says, Hi, Lefty. I just came across an article this morning that I think deserves to go on the jack wagon. It's bad enough that the gun controllers are trying everything in their book to deny its citizens... Their constitutional rights. Now they are coming after our children's Nerf guns. Oh, gosh. The Empire State Consumer Protect, based in New York, has formally asked Hasbro, to uh, the makers of the iconic Nerf gun, to stop using comedy to sell its machine guns, in quote. <laughs> the assault rifles. <laughs> The letter to Hasbro goes on to uh, attempt to guilt Hasbro and to stop the sales of the Nerf Ultra 1, the new Nerf gun released for Christmas. Uh, in the letter, they blame Hasbro for using comedy in their commercial to lure children in. Well, isn't it a toy? Isn't that their target audience? Um, okay. 
The letter goes so far to bring up school shootings and tries to tie them to Nerf products. <laughs> My gosh. Wow. wow. I find it disturbing and idiotic that the anti-gutters are uh, have extended their slimy tentacles to children's toys. Maybe they should worry about children being raised by iPads, Netflix, and video games instead of by responsible fathers and mothers teaching them wrong from right. By the way, I've already purchased Nerf's new evil, fully semi-automatic, clip-fed blaster and plan to enjoy firing it with my boys on Christmas morning. You go, Jason. Good job. Yeah, everybody should go out and buy one of those now. I used um, to have a belt-fed, automa fully automatic Nerf machine gun. Belt-fed? Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Do you still have that? Uh, I, I kind of do. <laughs> so it's still it's in my garage. Yeah, but I've had kids since I bought it, and they pretty much destroyed the whole thing. Pieces and parts get displaced over years, don't they? They do. Yep. Uh, so you guys can go find this at, uh, on Ammo Land is the link that he sent, uh, and you can read more about that. But I'm not. I mean, again, this doesn't shock me. This doesn't surprise me. The levels that these idiots will go to. Um, again, stymie not only ours, but our children's enjoyment of toys, for God's sake. It's a toy, you idiots. Leave them you alone. Know, the, the irony is, if you go back one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight decades, they played with more toys that were like guns. Because there was like the Cowboys era. Um, no, dude, well, I grew up with guns. I grew yeah, up with yeah, six shooters and... And toy Cap shotguns gun. and Nerf was kind of new, I guess. You know, I'm old. That that one gun that had the you know the uh, little caps were is that little roll of paper and you roll yeah. it in the revolver. Remember those? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get those in we Gatlinburg. We played guns more then, and we had less shootings then. So. Well, you had more. Know. You had more respect and understanding of what a firearm was. You know. Well, I think there were more people that were actually parenting back then. Exactly. Yeah, and he goes on to say in his his letter there about you know let the parents be parents and and teach their kids responsibility from right from wrong. So that's a great one, uh, Jason. Definitely Jack Wagon worthy. Uh, hopefully Hasbro will not give in to this. Uh, apparently they haven't. If you were out if out buying that, and that's know. a pretty big seller for them is Nerf guns. So I. I don't know. I mean, people are buckling right and left nowadays, but I don't know. That's a pretty big stuff. I mean, they're going to start going after squirt guns next. I mean, what's... I mean, you think about it. You take all that away, then what's left? Then they're going to start throwing sticks and stones at each other. <laughs> I mean, it's much safer to have a play gun, you know. Uh, or, like, my, my uh, middle son, his first week of kindergarten was out at recess, and so they took down half the recess equipment because it wasn't safe. And then they made like hopscotch patterns on the floor yeah. and did this little globe yeah. on the floor so that, you know, they could do whatever, like boys want to play with that type of stuff. Right. Sure. So sure. my son grabs a stick and his other kid grabbed a stick and they had a sword fight and one of them got whacked. And, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the kid that got whacked, he didn't really care. He wasn't crying or anything. That's just part of the game. You know, when you sword fight, but yeah. the teachers had fit and it's like, Oh my God, they got a stick and a sword. But my point is take away whatever you want. Kids will find something to mimic a gun or a weapon because it's fun. They will improvise. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no stopping imagination. And you can try and take no. all this away from, from us and from our children and, you know, from society, but, you know, 
there's no stop in imagination. So that's going to be a good Christmas at the Farmer household. You send some pictures of that, uh, Jason, when uh, when they unwrap those. That'd be cool. All right, so Rob, what about you? You got any jack wagons for us to take care of this week? I do. I actually have a couple here. All right. So when you, uh, as we discussed before the show, I went online to search <laughs> for a jack wagon, and I went. I used DuckDuckGo because it's supposed to be better security mm-hmm. than uh, Google. And so I typed in anti-gun assholes, <laughs> and the very first result is gun rights advocates are the world's biggest assholes from 2013. Okay. So DuckDuckGo, like skip everything, is 2019, so skip everything from now to then. They couldn't find any better returns that fit what I was searching for. Instead, they gave me something about how gun rights advocates are assholes. Are assholes. So the yeah. first jack wagon is DuckDuckGo. <laughs> and my second is this lady who wrote the article and it's from jezebel magazine or jezebel.com which like i said was my, my first return and her name is Erin gloria ryan i don't know if you actually run people's names on here but sure that's why the, not uh, yeah we'll call her out woman. and and where is this jezebel you said and this was 19 what was the In, date uh, 2000 two th- uh, 2013 2013 okay so geez yeah long time ago <clears throat> over all right, so I don't really have any jack wagons per se. I do have, I don't know if this is guy's really a jack wagon or not, but uh, I saw this article and, and I've read some stuff from this place before. The National Interest, they seem to do a lot of firearms type stories, but these guys don't really know what the fuck they're talking about. This is Charlie G-A-O. I don't know how you say that name. But their headlines are what really get... Because they do those shock and awe kind of uh, headlines to get you to read their stories. I think I did one of his a uh, couple episodes back. And his headline had nothing to do with his story at all. Um, this one is B&T VP9. This gun is a stealth assassination pistol. So then he goes on to talk about the VP9 and how it's actually being used used by veterinarians to uh, ethically put down, you know, larger wounded animals like cows and horses and you know things like that. Uh and not necessarily here in America either. I think it's uh, more over in Europe that they're using this for that. Those are pretty expensive. Those guys must have pretty good budgets. Well, I mean, since they're made over there too, they're probably cheaper over there. And I mean, they are veterinarians. They're, I believe it's Swiss B and T, if I remember correctly. And yeah, it's um, vet vet. Nothing in Switzerland is cheap. It's called V E T E R I N A R P I S T O L E nine. So veterinary veterinary pistoli. <laughs> That is, yeah, that's not what I thought you would say. I thought you said B and T. Uh, yeah, B and T's VP nine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but it's uh, it, apparently that name has something to do with you know, a uh, veterinary, veter, a veterinarian. Yes. So, um, they're using it for, um, to put down animals. Basically, is what they're using it for. 
But he goes and and um, compares it to the the well rod, the well rod pistol that was a very famous World War II um, specialty assassination pistol. You know, it was a integrally suppressed um, pistol. Uh, but anyway, I just I just wanted to call this guy out again on on his tactics on writing articles and whatnot. So at least he's not using those very dangerous assault Nerf guns. <laughs> right. That, that I mean, he he very well could have used that and talked about Nerf guns, and that would have fit his mo perfectly. Um, uh, but that that's mine. That's all I've got really. Um, right now. You think anything else? Anybody else we need to call out? I mean, of course the. Um, you know, Trump is going to be put up for impeachment. That's going to go through. That's going to happen. So he's, we got to go through all this bullshit. Um, so I know none of us are happy about that, but again, we don't talk politics here and there's other shows that do that well. So let's move on to our heroes. Let's, let's talk some heroes now. And I want to start off. I want to, well, I'm going to start off with you. I'll let our guests go first. And uh, Rob's right, got a couple um, of heroes here. Uh, just one right now. Um, once again, I would need to research a little more. The guy on the top of my head, uh, since I was just at a Glock event, uh, Gaston Glock. Um, I think he has done a lot for the firearms industry and uh, community. I think he completely uh, – that's the word I'm looking for here. Revolutionized? Uh, change, well, I'm just going to say he completely changed how gun manufacturing happens uh, with his design. He revolutionized the, the, it. Yeah. yeah, revolutionized. There you go. Yeah. Um, and the design itself is incredible because most designs at that time for semi-auto had between like 80 to 100 parts. And for him to come out with something with 34 parts is pretty incredible, I think. So I give uh, props to him for that. And the other thing talking with a lot of the Glock reps and stuff, he's like 80-some years old, and he is still very active in a company as far as, like, you know, making sure things are perfect. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, as they said, every gun that comes out of Smyrna, Georgia, and out of uh, Austria has his name on it. Yeah. So he's very particular about that. And he was very active in the G44, you know, as far as making sure it was just right before it got out the door. Yeah, and uh, he's a survived a couple of assassination attempts too. <laughs> he has, he has. You know, so at least one. At least one. Yeah, I was thinking there was another one at some point in time. Uh, there's probably been all kinds of things that he's he's gone through that we've not even heard of. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely you know, Gaston Glock revolutionized the the pistol, you know, the firearms pistol industry uh, without question. I wish they would get into the damn rifle industry. <laughs> Keep waiting. Well, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking this event was going to be. That's what the last three or four we thought they were going to be. And <laughs> they, they, they keep giving us a twist there. But anyway, we're going to talk about that. So, yeah, good good nominee. Gaston, welcome to the Lead Force One and Leadhead Brigade Heroes. This one comes to us from uh, Leadhead Mark Peck, and it says, Town of Heroes. Our town is the home of Joshua Watson who was killed in the attack at Pensacola in AS. When he was brought to town, many of our businesses shut down so employees could go out to show their respects. 
Main Street is about eight blocks long, and it was packed shoulder to shoulder with standing room only on both sides as he passed. Of course, I want to name it, nominate Joshua for his sacrifice, but also I want to nominate the whole community for the love, support that they expressed for the family. Absolutely, and and uh, we talked about those uh, brave men last episode, last normal episode of the Talking Lead podcast, and uh, we honored them all uh, with rides on the Leadhead Brigade. Uh, but yes, the town, uh, with their support and, and, and showing up like this, uh, was amazing. So yeah, your, your whole town gets a ride on Lead Force One, Mark. So great nomination there, definitely. We need more towns like that. So my nominee is, and, and I was hoping to, to get her on the show one time. I was, I've been tossing the idea around, uh, for a while and I just kept putting it off and kept putting it off and. Uh, regretfully, it doesn't look like I'm ever going to get her on, but uh, it's my grandmother. My grandmother is nearly 102 years old. Wow, and, that is awesome. And I just, you know, it's amazing what she's been through and lived through and what she's seen in her lifetime. And I would love to to get her on. Uh, she took a turn for the worst today. I got a call right before we started this show. And uh, as soon as we get done, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm heading out uh, to go to, to, to the hospital where she's at. Hopefully she'll pull really through. Sure. Yeah, hopefully she'll pull through and uh, uh, we can still get her on. But my grandmother is the Lead Head Brigade hero, my my choice this week. And um, for so many other reasons, I mean, just, I mean, raising five kids back back in that, that era, that day. And there's so many other things that she's done in our community. She was a community leader. Uh, she was an elected official. She ran the newspaper there in our hometown. Uh, just so many great things that my grandmother has done. So cross your fingers. I'm not, I'm not saying she won't be on and that that won't happen. I'm not going to say that, but, uh, just everybody cross your fingers. I would love to get her on and, and let you talk to her personally. That's my goal. All right. I'll pray for you, man. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right. So uh, that's it for our planes and trains segment. Get the train out of here, Gunny. And uh, Rob, our, our pilot for Lead Force One is the ghost of Char- Charlton Heston. Uh, <laughs> as strange as that may sound, uh, we put it up for a vote. We had many nominees. I mean, Gary Sinise was on there. Um uh, Sully was on as one of the nom- nominees. You know, who Sully is the guy who landed the plane in the yeah uh, yeah in the river. Um, uh, several other ones, but the ghost of Charlton Heston is is the one who won. <laughs> by, I saw him once. By, I'm, 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 the ghost? You saw the ghost of Charlton Heston? No, it's just Charlton Heston. Right, and that's what I'm saying. It's not Charlton Heston. It's the ghost of Charlton Heston. It's like if you thought Charlton gotcha. Heston was a badass, he's even more badass as a ghost. So. <laughs> Get that. And as a ghost, a ghost doesn't even need a plane. You know, they're. <laughs> we make no sense sometimes on this show, but we have fun. So that's what matters. That's right. All right. So we want to talk what's going on with Rob, Rob Manning. Uh, now you used to be the, you, you said it earlier, you were the former editor of gun world. Um, and I don't think we've talked since then, but gun world no longer exists. Is that correct? 
Yeah, that's correct. Uh, engaged media shut down like 70% of their magazines, including, and not just on the gun side either. It wasn't a gun move, but um, like the home and gardens type stuff. Mm. Um, they shut all that down. So, And I believe they still have the website up. I'm kind of surprised they're not out of business, to be honest. Um, I, I have no idea how they're printing in revenue or where they're getting articles from, but yeah. Gun World was down for about like two months and then it came back up again, but they've had like no new uh, info, no new articles. So yeah, I have no idea what's going on with them. Yeah. And, and nor would I expect you to, <laughs> but, uh, but that, um, in that time, I guess that you were in between that you, you wrote a book. I did. And that's something that we want to talk about also. So let's talk about, uh, your new book that you've got out. I mean, it's been out for uh, a couple of months now, right? Uh, no, not quite that long. It actually, funny thing is, so it's a Glock reference guide. It's the second edition. Okay. And I got my box from Amazon, which or from from Gun Digest, which was about the same time to start shipping from Amazon. The so I got my box of books the day before I got invited to the Glock media event where they released a new gun, which is not in my book. <laughs> of course. Right. Yeah. And they did that to me last time with the G 43. So that'll be, that it'll fall into your third edition, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So this is your second edition. I think we talked about your first edition uh, when you were on before. Yes. Um, so talk about what's new and improved in, the second edition here? Well, I have in here basically everything, um, everything that was in the first edition with some little bit more, a little bit more in depth on that stuff, a mm -hmm. little bit better photographs. And then everything, I think the last gun, so the G 43 came out and we actually do, had to do like a little digital addendum. Mm -hmm. So this includes that little addendum as part of the book now. And then, I think like the G41 and G40 and all that had came out. So everything since then. Yeah. Uh, the G48, the G43X, a couple of the ones that we cannot get here in the U.S., like the G46, those are all in here. Okay. So how – let's start off with this. What what made you want to, to write a Glock reference book, and what was your goal in doing a Glock reference book? Well, um – Gun Digest, I'd been writing freelance for their magazine for a while, and they asked me if I wanted to write a book. And the two that they were looking at for me were uh, one was a Glock reference guide, and the second was an AR-15 reference guide. And at the time, I didn't have a lot of experience with Glock. I, I'd shot them a couple times, but very unfamiliar with them and very familiar with the AR-15. So... Um, I wanted the AR-15 book, and naturally they chose the Glock book for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so that was like my—I'd say like my—I just got like really up to my elbows in Glock, everything Glock. I shot everything they have, uh, everything available on U.S. shores. There's there's like three models I haven't shot. I haven't shot the 17L. I haven't shot the G18, and I have not shot the G. Actually, no. Yeah, those are the only two I have not shot up now, until... you shot the G18. The no, that's the full auto. Yeah, I know. Um, did Weren't you at the... Weren't you and I at the event where they released the the G19X? Weren't we at that together? No. I was <clears throat> we weren't there together. 
Okay. Well, they had a they had one there. You must be thinking of another good looking guy. Well, you we've been to. Uh, I think we were at the previous one together. The one this, they had before no, that. This is the first Glock event. This this one I was just at. This is the first one you've been to. First Glock event I've been to. Okay. Yep. I was thinking that we had been to another, but anyway, they had them at that event, and we got to shoot the okay. the eighteenth, the full autos there. So there's one I've shot that you haven't shot. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But uh, what? How did you get? How did you go and, and track these guns down and and find the information well, and research and? Most of them were so at the time the G the Gen three and the Gen four were in production, and they sent me every model they make that it was in current production at the time. And then I had to go. I went on a gun a gun auction website and tracked down a Gen One G seventeen and a Gen Two G seventeen, and um, purchased those out of my own pocket and fired those. So you know, and I haven't shot. You know, there's some uh, Gen Two G 19s I have not shot that. Okay. So I guess I'd have to throw that on the list, but. Yeah. As far as models, I've shot them all except for those two I mentioned. But you know, for generations, I haven't shot like every model through every generation. Okay. But you've shot every generation, you know, for the most part. You've yes. had hands-on. Yeah. You you test them. So, <clears throat> I mean, in in your opinion, looking at the Glock and the evolution from from the Gen One to where they are now, the Gen I guess it's Gen Five. Is that what they're calling it? Yeah. The Gen Five. Um, Give me your assessment on the the evolution of it. Well, I would say for the most part, um, most of the evolution has been very positive. Um, the Gen 2 is, I you know, for a lot of people, the Gen 2 is the, or I should say, for those shooters who had, were around back when it was, when the Gen 2 was introduced, mm -hmm. the Gen 2 is still their favorite generation. It was a, I mean, it was a workhorse. It was a solid, solid workhorse. Um, and then the Gen 3, of course, they introduced the accessory rail, mm -hmm. uh, made some changes. The Gen 5, cosmetically, like as far as the grip and all that, is very similar to the Gen 2. So, I, like for me personally, in my mind, I'm thinking a Gen 5 is a Gen 2, but with an accessory rail. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't have like a little, uh, the finger tabs on the grip and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but no, I, I think the changes have been positive for the most part. Now, with Gen Five, there's a few things that I'm not sure about yet. I always believe in keep it simple principle, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what Glock was founded on was very few parts. But there was a few parts of the Gen Five that went from one part to three parts. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, as far as that goes, I don't think i'm a very big fan of that i like to like i said i like to keep it simple sure now um, another thing i've noticed is you know in their evolution is the materials that they use you know with the metals with the um the coatings the the polymers the plastics you know as it seems like as as better or new materials become available they're they're implementing those into their firearms as well which right yeah i mean Thinking about, it, I mean, technology has came, come a long way since the 1980s, and mm -hmm. polymer has come a long way. So, right, and you know, it just kind of goes to the the people that say, you know, Glock's just they keep doing the same old same old over and over again. But I mean, they've got a tested, proven um, design 
And, you know, some people think that they just keep coming out with different calibers, you know, different colors, you know, different things like that. But they're actually, technologically wise, they are improving also. They're, like I said, they're implementing new metals, new, you know, new coatings, new, new barrels, you know, new twists, you know, things like that. Different shapes. I mean, for the most part, the Glock's the Glock. But I mean, you can see a, over the years, there's a, there's a change in the, the profile of the Glock. I mean, it's still a Glock, but, yeah. uh, you know, it seems to have, um, what's the word I want to use? Not really slimmed down, but I mean, it has, it has kind of slimmed down over it's the years. Well. Yeah. Like the slide is more rounded now. It's not quite as boxy as it was before. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But you know, some of it to me is kind of unfortunate. It's unfortunate that we live in a society where gun companies feel that they have to have something completely new every year for yeah. SHOT Show. Because, I mean, to be honest, and I, like the auto industry for a while, there's some companies that did just, they, they made just a few cars and they did it really, really well. And, and for example, Honda, um, you can maybe even look at Toyota. They, they did one car or a handful of cars and did it very well. But then as they've expanded, sometimes the quality control, I think, goes down when you get away from what you do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, unfortunately, I think uh, another example of that in the opposite direction is General Motors. I feel like the more cars they're adding, the worse they're getting. So mm-hmm. yeah, you have more choices, but I don't feel it's necessarily a good thing. And with guns, a lot of companies feel inclined to have to release something every day because you know they got to be news. What's news? Yeah. What have you done for me? So they feel like they have to release something, but a lot of times it's not necessarily better than before. And with Glock, they don't do much. They do handguns. They do a specific handgun model. And I don't want to see that, you know, as much as like I want a carbine and all this other stuff, but I don't want them to change it that much because I'm afraid the more they get away from doing the one thing really well, that it will take away from the quality of everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't think that they're that you're and like you said, Gaston's very hands on. He's still very much part of the company, you know, and you know the quality is something that seems very important to him. And you know, when they come out with something, it's not you know like some of these companies are, hey, we're coming out with this, and they just push it out to get it out. You know, they're they've got things on the drawing board years ahead before they release them, and they're you know. Oh yeah, if there's one hit, they usually take it's being late. They yeah. uh, don't release things when, you know, and once again, us consumers in the gun industry, we want our change and we want it now. And so, you know, when consumers want something like this 22, if they don't get it like right then, mm-hmm. then Glock is late to the party. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, which, which is, gun- which is what they're talking about with the 22 and we'll get in, you know, we'll get into that. But or it has been over 20, uh, over two years in production just to get it right. Right, and that's that's my point is you know they they will put the time into the R and D before they release something, and when they release it, they know it's it's solid. I'm I can't think of very few instances, if any, of a Glock that was released that you know that was having major issues with something, you know whether you know light strikes, the trigger, uh, ejection, you know whatever it may be, you just don't right. hear that about about a Glock when it's released. And, you know, that's what we said. They do that pistol and they do it well. And they, they have varieties, you know, they have come out with the varieties of all the different, the different sizes, the different, uh, calibers, 
uh, in their gun and what they do right. And I understand what you're saying is like, well, if they start doing carbines, then maybe this is going to suffer. But I guarantee you that as long as they stick with their model, uh, like they do with their pistols, they could very well come out and do a, you know, a carbine and do it really well. Not, and, I'm sure they and, do. And again, the, well. they're, you know, they're not rushing to get to the market on it because <laughs> the carbines have been out for a while. There are several companies that have the carbines. Uh, and just like what we're going to talk about now, they're 22. Uh, you know, Glock has been around, like you said, since the 80s, and this is their first 22 long offering. Uh, to mm-hmm. the market. So, um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, um, let's just start off with the, the event invitation that you got. Walk us through that and then we'll just kind of chronologically go through the event and to the release of the 22. Well, the, um, event, it, you know, it used words like legendary and all of this. And it, you know, of course it didn't tell us what it was going to be, yeah. but so, Gun riders are, of course, uh, very analytical, and, and you know my military background also, former intel. So I'm a very anal- analytical guy. So automatically, I'm thinking, you know, what is it going to be? What is it going to be? And we, uh, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of a funny story. I, you know, I look, I read into everything. I look into these little tidbits, and so as we're sitting in the media room looking at this presentation. There was a letter from Gaston uh, that the uh, his, his uh, the president in Austria read to us and it used uh, one of the things that it mentioned was you know we wanted to show the world that you know we're, we're more than a pistol company we're a family mm-hmm. so I didn't you know I ignored the family part I focused in on more than a pistol company so I'm thinking okay it's the carbine because that was pretty much like all of us writers were getting around you know we had pretty much decided like 100 percent is going to be a carbine right yeah. And then, so about a minute or two after that, in this other slide presentation, it mentioned something about opening up a new, uh, the new firearm would open up a new category of ammunition for Glock. So I'm thinking, okay, I already know it's a carbine. And I started thinking, okay, a new category of ammunition, so it's not a 9mm. And at that point, I about lost it, like inside. I became giddy because I'm thinking, two, two, three. We. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, okay, so we underestimated what they're doing. <laughs> this is going to be a 5.56 five, type carbine, maybe something like a, a you know, the Breda, Breda Storm or, you know, some high-tech carbine. I knew it wouldn't yeah, be an air. High-tech, more compact kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, like, or a bullpup. I'm like, it's going to be 5.56 five, because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so, you know, they have 70% of the handgun market for law enforcement in our country, and they have, I mean, they have military contracts throughout the world. For handguns, I'm thinking, okay, they have that market. They want the military carving market now. So that about blew my mind. I'm like, oh my god, it's a five five six. Inside, of course, sure. you know, I'm yelling. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then, so this the G44 came out, and it was the 22. So I have been very. I, I've wanted a 22 for a long time, and at the end of my book, I always kind of have like a wish list of like what I want next from Glock and mm. that 22 is always like top three. Um, so as excited as I was about the G 44 being a 22, I have to admit I was a little bit let down that it was not the five, five, six carbine that I had built up in my mind. Sure. I mean, I can, I can feel you because uh, like I said, the last couple of events that I was invited to, 
that was on the back of my mind too. I was like, I really want it to be this, but you know, I don't think it's going to be, but you know, and they always say when you ask them about it, you know, they don't ever deny it. They never deny it. Yes, that's true. That's true. They don't, well, they don't really, yeah, they don't really, they won't give you any hints. They're, they're he's good. Got, they're, he's got some tight, tight locks on his people, I tell you. Yeah, and Josh is good, too. He's He's got a good poker face, too, and Corey. Yes, but, yes uh, he does. So, so you're, you're invited to this event. When did you realize that it was going to be a 22? I mean, you didn't know until oh, until everybody else knew, because they were doing this live, right? They were doing this social media live. Right, right. Yeah, I learned about it the same time everybody else did. Yeah. I was just in the room. So talk about, because I didn't watch it. I didn't see it. Um, talk about how they... Uh, built up the, um, you know, the the anticipation and then the reveal. Talk about that. What did they do? Well, most of the videos, you can actually find them on our website. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, on the, uh, the live announcement they had, that's still on there, too. And if you look, there's, you know, there's the back of us. But on the left-hand side, I'm, like, over towards, like, I don't remember if I'm, like, the second or third person from the left. You see, like, the shadow of me sitting there in front of the stage. Yeah. Um, and they did this they- in Florida? No, it was in Georgia. They did this in Georgia. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Yeah, not far from Smyrna. Yeah. Um, another a little side. I always get sidetracked. My mind, you know. No, squirrel. We're all about squirrels on this show. So that that um, the very first episode of The Walking Dead, yeah. when he shoots that little girl at that gas station, that's like eight <laughs> minutes from, from where we were. Oh, so cool. we're all right there. Yeah, my <laughs> okay. brother-in-law lives there. That's why I know that. He drove me by there. So you're down there by The Walking Dead. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, they film it all through the area. So when you're driving through that area, like you're expecting Rick or some walkers or something to come out of the woods. Right, Daryl riding his bike through or something. <laughs> so, right. But anyway, uh, getting back to this event, um, most of the videos you can find on their website now. But the lead up to it was, you know, they kind of got in their into their history and what they've done and the, uh, you know, kind of what this new – mysterious firearm was going to do and this and that. And it was, it was pretty neat videos. It was very like unspecific. There were no teasers in the video or anything like that. They just, you know, it was like families out shooting. So were you, let me get this straight. So were you watching a video or was someone there live presenting and talking this to you? Well, I mean, for us, uh, I don't know if they showed us on the live video feed or not, but when we were there, they showed us all these videos, uh, high production quality videos first, Then the uh, uh, then the president yeah president of Glock Austria came out on stage and he read a letter from Gaston um, and I'm you know to be honest I'm not even sure what time the live feed kicked in on that yeah um, but then of course they did the live feed and then the announcement okay uh, did the live feed did it, and how did they unveil the the twenty two it was in the video it was uh the uh you know it's a g44 oh, it okay so so, the, so the video actually revealed it and then they came out and showed you the real thing on stage or whatever well yeah it, right after the announcement was made they had a panel of uh cory and a few other uh their uh shooters mm-hmm. the engineer they had here's another funny story you, you said your uh, listeners like little sidetrack stories. Yeah. One of the guys on there. Well, I don't uh, know if they do, Gunner, but I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all the support, right? Right. <laughs> Forget about listeners. So anyway, uh, me. Marine Corps gunner, Christian Wade, he helped with like testing of it and all that. And that name sounded really familiar to me. I'm like, man, I know that name. I know that name. 
And then afterwards, it kind of dawned on me, one of my friends when I was in the infantry, um, he was buddies with him. So he, this guy, he used to stop by the barracks every once in a while. So after the panel, I walked up to him and, I, you know, I still wasn't 100% sure it was the same guy or not. But I said, hey, uh, you know, do you know so-and-so? And he's like, oh, yeah, I do. And as I said, it turns out we kind of served together. And his younger brother actually came to my unit. And I think we were there together for like six months or so before I uh, made a lab move in cool. Intel, but it's kind of one of those small world stories. Yeah, definitely. It's very cool. So Chuck Norris wasn't there. I mean, that would have been like Chuck Norris coming out, doing some kicks with it or something like that. And <laughs> They invited him. And my understanding is he was going to be there, but there was a, I don't remember what they said it was. I don't remember if it was like one of his family members had a birthday or something like that. And yeah. I don't remember if it was his I don't know. It was somebody that had a birthday or something. At least that's what they told us. Yeah. But he was supposed to be there, but he wasn't. But they I did give you. us a little card with a picture of him, and he uh, autographed it for us. Oh, that's nice. Nice little token. Yeah. So we got so some the, water. He has Sea Force water. His what? Say it again. Sea Force, Chuck Force, Sea Force water, little bottle of water. Oh. He gave us uh, <laughs> some of that. Okay. Did you drink it? I did, and you have to be careful because I drank it and then belched, and California went off the West Coast and sent So, Oh, gotcha. Because it's, it's yeah, Chuck Norris strong. It's because it's Chuck Norris, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. So is that just regular water, or was there something in it? Is it actually his well, brand of water? Or? Yeah, it's his brand. It's got, like, his uh, little signature on it and everything. We were kind of joking. A lot of us gun riders, you know, kind of coming up with some Chuck Norris memes and things like that. And uh, we were thinking they should have him, like, walk up to the um, uh, uh, the Hoover Dam yeah. and kick it and have all the water jump into bottles. We thought that would be like, <laughs> That, that would be great. What makes the water. That's perfect. So uh, so they they unveil it. You guys are there. Uh, I mean, obviously, you're like, all right, we want to shoot this thing now. Well, how what they have set up for you guys to do as far as doing the the test and evaluation on the shooting? So after we left the launch event, we went to the other room. We had staged our gear. We had breakfast over in this other room, and they brought us back. And we were kind of lingering there for a while, kind of people were chatting, talking, socializing. And they had like uh, I believe like six or seven of them in this little back room area that we could go back and take pictures. And at this point, it, you know, it had been announced to the world, so we could do we could post it, we could do whatever. So we were taking photos and posting them on Instagram and Facebook and all that. Um, got to play with the magazines a little bit. Uh, they had the threaded barrel there. Got to play with that a little bit. Okay, so there is a they threaded barrel. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, threaded barrel. It's going to be one fifty. I believe they said is the MSRP. Okay, good. Okay. That that addresses and a lot of people's gripes right there. What's that? I said that addresses a lot of people's gripes right there. Because oh yeah, yeah, and it's they they'll be shipping one to me. Like I should get it in the next couple of days so I can test it. Mm -hmm. But they and that was one of the things when they tested twenty two ammo is that they made sure it worked good with subsonic ammo, which yeah. I thought was pretty cool. So, but yeah, they will have barrels, uh, threaded barrels, and they will have them now. If you're, when the gun is released, they will have them. Okay. That you can purchase. So it won't be one of those things like they'll be available two years down the road. Well, They're that's one of the big gripes that I've seen from people is that, oh, it doesn't even have a threaded barrel. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, well. If it had a threaded barrel, people would gripe that it had one and they wished it didn't. Yeah. But, I mean, they've got it both both ways now. So that's cool. 
Um, yeah. So you got to shoot it. Personal. Um, give us your personal opinion on it. Well, hold no punches. I, no punches. Of course not. No, don't um, hold anything me, back. I, I have shot most 22. Well, I shouldn't say most. I've shot a good percentage of the 22 handguns on a market. And there's kind of a couple different. I, I look at it as like a couple of different uh, groupings of them. So you have some of them that look like a like a the Ruger Mark IV. Uh, the Brownie Buckmark, Smith and Wesson Victory, they kind of look like 22s. They have that, the, instead of like a full slide, it's like a half slide or in the case of the Ruger, it's got like the little cylinder receiver mm -hmm. with the bolt, like a rifle. Yeah. So you kind of have that group and I kind of don't look at those. I compare it to the group that looks like a semi-automatic handgun. Yeah. So like of the, the I fired, I... To me, my first thought was most of those feel kind of like a replica gun, a replica of something else that that company already has in their product line. Because there's always a difference. It's like there's a fixed barrel or there's there's a little bit smaller maybe. There, there's always a few little things that make it different mm -hmm. from the other guns in their lineup. And, and they also feel a little cheaper. They, you know, to be honest, because most of those companies have always had another company make their 22s for them. And it's generally one of the companies that also makes air guns. Mm -hmm. And to me, those 22s always felt a little bit less than the centerfire handguns in their right. lineup. The G44, to me, it's a Glock that's chambered in 22. So it does not feel like a chintzy 22 handgun. Now, the slide is is part polymer, part metal, so the, it, obviously it's lighter because it's a 22, right? It's, it's not going to cycle properly if it's a standard right. all metal Glock slide. So part of it is polymer. So the gun is lighter, but it still feels that guac quality. Guac. Guac? It says guacamole. <laughs> guacamole. Guac. <laughs> it still has that Glock quality and feel. It feels like a true Glock that's chambered in 22. And the reason is because it actually is a Glock. It uses the same exact design as the other Glocks. There's no fixed barrel. It's a, you know, it's got the drop tilting barrel. Yeah. Um, magazine. There's no magazine shut off if there's no magazine. You know, if you remove the magazine, still fires. Has all the same Glock features. Yeah. Now, is it is it the proprietary magazines for this 22 or? Yes. Yes, so, they are. And they've got a, and they've got some kind of a special design on these these uh, 22 magazines too, right? Talk about that. They do. It's, it is actually dimensionally, it's a G19 magazine. In fact, I can stick a G19 mag in the G44 and it fits perfectly, locks in place. I cannot, however, the G44, it'll fit into the mag well, but for no, whatever reason, I, I haven't got that depth in the takedown yet, so I haven't figured out why, but it will not properly lock into place. There's like some wiggle. Okay. Um, but so that's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it is a kind of a G19 magazine. It's got a window on the side, and then it has the magazine feed assist or load assist uh, levers on the side. And it's they're both big. I don't know if you can see them here. I'm showing you on the camera, so you can see it. Yeah, yeah. But they're kind of big, so you can get a good grip on them. Like if it's cold outside, you have gloves, you'll still be able to use the yeah, load yeah. assist levers. So what he's talking about, guys, is um, they've – They've uh, so the window. You're familiar with window magazines. What they've done is they've actually put a feed assist mechanism on the side of that, 
So as you're feeding those smaller 22s in, I mean, you know how hard it is to load a 22. Uh, it just gives you the ability to pull the spring uh, down and release some of that tension so that you can get those 22s in um, a little easier, a little smoother. Uh, right. So as you're loading them, you're just you're putting this down on a flat surface uh, and you're putting your, your index finger and your thumb on those on that, that guide rod, I guess is what you call it, slide, and then just pulling it down and then loading them in. So, I mean, it's, it's different. You don't, you don't, I don't, is anybody else doing that that you know? I don't think any. Oh yeah. I, I think most companies nowadays do that. They have that little for the 22s. Yeah. The load assist. Yeah. Load most assist. of them do. Cause it's, you know, I mean, a 22 is kind of small and if you're loading a lot of them after a while, your thumb kind of gets a little sore. Um, yeah. I think most modern ones do. Some of the older ones do not, and it kind of sucks. Yeah. So that's that's a feature that they've got on there. Uh, they've got adjustable sights, uh, rear sights on the the twenty two. Yep. Uh, what other features are we missing on this? Um, let me think here. So one of there's not a whole lot of differences. One of the few differences is on the barrel, on the towards the rear of the gun on top, there's a view hole so that you can see that there's a 22 round loaded in the chamber. Okay. Um, yeah. That's one of the differences between a standard Glock. And I'm, you know, I wonder if they did that because obviously a lot of younger and new shooters are going to be using this and might want to do a visible check instead of a press check. Mm-hmm. So there may be something they're trying out on this and they're going to start doing that on other future guns. Too. Yeah. You know, yeah. That thought did cross my mind. You know, that would be cool. Yep. Uh, so weight-wise, in your hand, you said it still feels like a Glock. It's got a good uh, good feel. Well, it's, how's, it's, uh, for a twenty two. how's the weight? weight? It's about half the weight of a standard Glock. Okay. And it's all designed, you know, it's all in the slide. The, the frame on it is pretty much a G19 frame. It's dimensionally speaking, anyway. Um, it has a few differences, but not a whole lot. And I took it apart and looked the uh the uh, locking block my mind goes blank uh the locking block on it is polymer and that area of the frame where the locking block is located at has a little bit of a different cut to it right so it does it does look a little different but for the most part is it's the same and of course the barrel is is a lot thinner it's like a little pencil barrel so like the the chamber block area the lock on the barrel is about the same size as a little bit different feed ramp, but then the barrel is super small and it does have the Glock marksman barrel, the GMB barrel. Mm-hmm. So it is accurate. It's got a little, um, crown in the end of the barrel. Yeah. You know, they started doing it in their gen fives. Yeah. Very nice. Right. Now, so the, I, you know, the I ma- did completely disassemble most of it, not all of it, mm-hmm. but the, to me, most of these parts look very similar to G19 parts, some of the model numbers are a little bit different. So I did send a email to Brandy and asked her what kind of parts commonality they have between the G19 and the G44. Um, and then the other thing too, the for, for those that have been through the Armors course, they, the new books will start shipping, I believe they said after the new year, and the new books will have the Armor um, slash Gunsmith uh, take down for the G44. So, and then they're going to send me the same book. I I just recertified in that course last spring. 
So they will send me the book and it'll kind of tell me different parts changes as well. Good point. Yeah. Now another, another thing that people are uh, tearing the internet up, internet up over the 44 is the capacity. It's coming with 10 round magazines and people are just like, you know, right. 10 rounds of 22. What's the point? Are there, so, yeah, go ahead. That was one of the very first things I brought up to Glock. Um, from at that point, this was before I shot it, but at that point I thought all of it looked great. And I told him if I have one critique, it's that it's a 10 round magazine and why not 15? The G19 comes with 15. There are a few, you know, I mean, traditionally pretty much every 22 handgun has been 10 rounds, but there are a few on the market now starting to trickle up 12 round and, and 16 round. How about 33 rounds? Yeah, you know, but that, that's a Caltech, little bit of a different story you know? of gun, though. And that's, and that's pretty awesome. I've heard it's a great, great gun. But, I mean, yeah. that is a little bit different category of gun because it looks more like a personal defense weapon than a traditional semi-auto. Well, their CP-33 exactly CP is more of a competition-style um, gun. I mean, I will grant you that. Well, but it's like a little mini Uzi type thing because it, it comes out the back. You know what I mean? So, to me, it looks more like a personal defense type weapon. Well, it's kind of like their their um, – um, their 22 Magnum that they got the uh, the PMR 30. You know, it holds 30 rounds of. Yeah, that looks more like a traditional handgun. <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, you, you're getting into the the 30 round capacity there too. But yeah. their new, even their new uh, 17, I think it's 17 rounds. I think is what it what it holds. But it's... anyway, uh, I mean, they could have, you know, I think easily done more than, well, than 10 that, rounds. And you know that. It, that, that was one of the first things I brought up, like I said. And what they told me is that throughout the design, and they, they set out with the intent of making it at a higher capacity, but with the design they were working with, you know, this, the Glock G19 frame, with what they had, they couldn't get it to perform with Glock reliability if they had more than 10 rounds. Yeah. And also another thing, they used pretty much – Every manufacturer making model of 22 ammo on the market, including subsonic. So they designed this to shoot with everything on the market and have that Glock reliability, which it's, you know, most 22 handguns aren't able to do that. I've shot a lot of them, and there's such a variance in 22, the cartridge itself, the manufacturing process, it's very dirty, and there's a mm -hmm. lot of differences oh, sure. between. From maker to maker and i mean that's kind of you know anybody who's been around a lot of 22 handguns they always tell you you know it's not going to work perfectly with everything you're going to have a lot of malfunctions but once you find that you know one or two types of ammo you're going to that's pretty much what you stick with sure. and most people know that you know some of it might not work with winchester white box or it might not work with remington or whatever but they designed this to work with everything and have that glock reliability and that's why it's 10 rounds and not higher yeah Okay. So now you know, have, was there talk of, was there talk of them coming out with an extended magazine for this? They did not. No, they did not say anything to that nature, but I mean, us gun writers are all like, you know, it's only a matter of time. Aftermarket's going to eat that up. Yeah. There's going to be somebody oh, come yeah. out and, and really fill that gap. No problem. Now I need like two, three months and somebody will have something. Yeah. Now another thing is, um, but it's my understanding aren't necessarily concerned about Glock reliability. They want you to buy the magazine. Yeah, it's sure. going to work good. I mean, if Magpul selling a Glock magazine for the G44, it's going to work good. Yeah. But they're not like, 
you know, it's not their name on the gun, so they're not going to be as concerned about that as Glock is. Yeah. But if they want to sell them, then it needs to work or they're not going to sell them because uh, people are going to say these don't work, so don't buy them. Now, the the question that I had uh, was another thing that I've seen is that this this hasn't been fitted for um, an RMR, uh, red dot. Correct. Is that due to the extra weight that that would add to the slide and thus, you know, as far as the cycling goes, would affect the cycling or is, well, is that I'm even a concern or thought of theirs? I don't know what their thought process was on that. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, some kind of question. They would have to make some changes to offset that weight. But, I mean, my thinking is this pistol is just the first 22 out of a whole line of 22s. Right. Because I'm thinking I'm thinking there's going to be like a G34 size 22 for comp- competitors, and that'll be an MOS. And, this, you know, this is just my, me speculating. Glock didn't say any of this. Yeah. But, yeah, I think there's probably a G17 size. There'll be a G34 size. I would love to see, like, a little G42 size. I think that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, that it's Glock, and then that's what they do. So they this is their initial launch, and then I think we'll probably will see different iterations of it uh, over the next coming, I would say, as early as SHOT Show. Maybe they'll have a, even, a, you know, another one. I don't know, but um, who knows? It's There Glock. is a little thing on top of the slide and I have not figured out what that is yet. I don't know. Can you see that? Yeah. There's a little cutout right there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so it's I'm like that, that when you buy a new car and you've got all your buttons and then there's this one slot that's filled in where you could put a button. <laughs> it's like, to it's gotta be for something coming there's soon. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Very cool. So yeah, I mean it's um, for all the complaints and everything that I've seen. I mean it's it's Glock, and this is how they've operated from day one. This is what they do, and they've been very successful at it. Uh, and you know they've got the people that bitch and moan and complain, and then you know they come out with something to satisfy that. You know, the, it's just hey, it's coming, it's in the mail. Just be patient. On my social media, it's really been about half half. Half the people love it, it's, and that's, half people are complaining about it. But you know, about half of the people complaining said they'll still buy one. So yep, exactly. He's like, I'm still going to get it, but but, but you know, <laughs> d- despite the complaints, I honestly think Glock will sell boatloads of these things. And I and I don't know for a fact, um, like Glockmeister, Glock Store, some of the online sources have already filled up with pre-orders. Yeah, so, and I think what are MS, MSRP is like what. Four four thirty nine, and then probably street values on like going to be like three fifty or something. The street value they're estimating around three seventy. The blue box price for military and law enforcement is three fifty. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, another present. I mean, if you're looking for a present, uh, a gift for Christmas. I mean, you probably won't get it in time for Christmas, but it's not hitting shelves until January twentieth. Oh, okay. So, oh, that'll be like round shot show. Yeah. But, and the cool thing is too, it's, it'll fit G19 magazines. It's designed that you can use this for training. Um, a lot cheaper, shoot more rounds, more repetition. And for new shooters, you know, it'll give them a feel of a G19, but without the recoil, which Mm -hmm. I think is is pretty important. Kind of get those new, especially the young kids, you know, uh, get them out there with their parents, give them a little taste of, of shooting and hopefully they'll want more and get more people in the industry. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm seeing this as, uh, is, is getting, getting that new shooter involved, the, the younger new shooter, or maybe the, uh, the more dainty shooter females that, you know, maybe the nines are still too much for them or 380 still too much for them. Uh, then this, like you said, it gets them in that, that model of the Glock. And as they move up, they're not going to lose much in the feel of it. You know, it's still going to feel like what they, they cut their teeth on. So as they move up to the 19, um, there's not much difference there. So, um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited. I was excited to hear about it. I'm glad to hear that there is a threaded barrel. Um, that's, that's going to be key. Now, did you get to shoot it suppressed? Did they have it? No, they did not have a suppressor there. They, on the firing line, they did not have the threaded barrel. That was behind the scenes. Um, they showed us that they're available. But okay. I imagine since they didn't have suppressors there, that, you know, was pointing the threaded barrel that didn't have a suppressor. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, I, and that's something I'd like to try out, too, is try it out and suppress. But very cool, man. Uh, anything else about the the event that stood out that you want to talk about? Years, I, I got to meet Suits for the first time. I've seen him around quite a bit. Uh, first time meeting him. <laughs> you got Super to, nice guy. Got to meet Suits. Don, yeah. you know Don, was he smoking his cigar while yeah. he was there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's been on the show a few times. He's a good dude. We like Don. We like the suit. Yeah. A lot of really, really good people there. Was Hickok there? No. No, he was not. Hickok wasn't there. I, I like to see him shoot one of those. His big old hands on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, very good, guys. So, you can go to Glock's website. You can go to, um, do you have videos and things up on your social media? What's your social media? Uh, my Instagram is ROBB underscore M A N N I N G. And so the uh, YouTube video I did, I wanted to get word out right away. So I threw together this very, very hasty video. And I have, I think on my channel, it's like somewhere between 500, 600 videos. I lost count because I, you know, since being an editor, I, I couldn't do my personal YouTube channel. Right. So that fell to the wayside and I really haven't updated it. So, but my, anyway, my video approval rate is typically 93% uh-huh. across all of my videos. I got like 14,000 subs, so it's pretty small still. But the, um, I did the hasty video and it has gotten blown apart because it looks like crap. The video quality looks like crap. Okay. So, you know, I don't know if it's a video quality or if it's all the people that are upset that it's a 22 caliber. I'm not sure. So it was. What is uh, your YouTube uh, channel? Seven six two by fifty one N eight O, and it's a letter N number eight, letter O. All right, there is seven six two by five one N eight O is Rob's YouTube page, and I'm going there right now. Glock forty four exclusive shooting and first impressions. Yep. Okay, yep, that's it. Yeah. For your uh, listeners out there, do not judge my channel by this one video. I was just trying to get the word out there. So it looks like, I mean, the video looks like That's crap. fine. That's fine. They'll understand. They'll understand. But, I mean, it's to give you an idea of uh, what he's talking about and uh, his first impressions of it. So go check that out and so follow him my- on Instagram. So um, the book, where can people go and get the second edition of the reference Glock reference book? You can go to gundigest.com or amazon.com or I believe pretty much most online retailers have it. Mm-hmm. And I've been to Barnes and Noble, the a physical brick and mortar store, and they do carry it. However, it's usually sold out. 
because they don't, I don't, it's a gun book. They probably don't order a whole lot of them, right. but I have seen it there. My CZ book I see there, um, but usually sold out. Okay. You can also go like Bass Pro, Cabela's, those types of But another great, yeah, another great yeah. stocking stuffer. Uh, you guys probably would be able to get that if you went and ordered it now, get it in time for Christmas. Um, and it's the Glock reference book, second edition by Rob Manning. Is that pretty? Guide. Guide. Reference guide. Yes, from Gun Digest. From Gun Digest. But look for Rob Manning's name on that, and uh, you, you'll know you got the right one there. Very good. Uh, Rob, thank you for taking the time to be on and, and sharing that experience with us. I know the Leadheads uh, have been wanting to talk about this twenty two for a, for a little bit since it's been released. And uh, Before I got any of the Glock people on here, I wanted to get you know somebody's firsthand uh, experience and and um, feedback on it. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, I think they did a really good job with it. I, like I said, I, I do wish it was a higher capacity magazine. But other than that, I think they did a very, very good job on making the gun. It, it, it's, I mean, it is a Glock pistol, right. and it's unmistakably a Glock, which is a good thing. I mean, they've done pretty well. Yeah. And uh, I meant to ask you this, too. Um, they're not going to be doing, like, specific ammo for this, right? They're not going to have somebody make specific because you said it cycles everything, so there's really no need for them. Yeah, they tested everything with it, and they put a lot of rounds to it. The morning we – the morning of the day we shot they like there's distributors and stuff there and they took them the range earlier in the morning and i don't know how many pistols they had there i'm guessing like around 15 pistols maybe at the firing line and they put 5,000 rounds through those 15 pistols oh wow so they were really really gunked up by the time we got there they had carbon built up on a feed ramp it was it was pretty thick i got a picture <laughs> of it it's pretty thick very cool so uh here's what i'm gonna do uh rob I uh, have been in partnership with Mission First Tactical, and they are making uh, minimalist wallets and tactical dump trays with the Talking Lead logos on there. And uh, I've got some some wallets, and I've got some trays that I want to give away. So what I'm going to do is, for you listeners, uh, go to Rob's video that we just talked about of him shooting the uh, the Glock 44, and it's called the Glock 44 Exclusive Shooting and First Impressions. And we told you it's it's seven six two X five one N eight O seven six two by five one N eight O like NATO but not. <laughs> uh, you'll find it. You should be able to find. It. If you can't, then just email me, private message me, and I'll send you a link to it or whatever. Uh, watch his video. In that video. Uh, of his Glock 44 exclusive, he talks about the magazine, and there's a specific, there's something specific about the magazine that Rob really likes. So take note of that, and then also, how many shots does Rob fire from the G44? So after you watch that video, you're going to go to Rob's Instagram page. Okay, you're going to like him and follow him on Facebook. I mean, on YouTube and on Instagram, and then you're going to leave a comment. He's going to po- he's going to repost the show link that I post on Instagram, okay? And then under his Instagram post of this episode, TLP three thirty. That's a kind of a monumental episode there, three hundred thirty episodes. Nice. Just realize that. Um, put your answers there. Put you know 
what he liked about the magazine and how many shots he fired. And then I want you to do hashtag Leadhead Brigade and then hashtag Rob Manning. R-O-B-B-M-A-N-N-I-N-G. And hashtag Glock 44. How about that? So five minutes ago, you told me you don't care about the listeners, and now all of a sudden you want to make it easy for people, right? Come right. on, Right. You know, I want to get some stuff away. So uh, I'm going to be picking – we're going to be picking, um, let's say, two winners, three winners from that, and uh, you're going to get a talking lead minimalist wallet of my choosing. I've got three different logos uh, that I'll be sending you, and uh, that's what you got to do. Watch the video. Get the right answers. Post it on his Instagram that easy so there you go and then of course the Keltec cp33 giveaway details coming soon so stay tuned for that uh, we're going to get chad and the gang from Keltec on and uh, we're going to have fun with that so probably going to be towards the, the the new year before we give that away obviously now uh, but that is still going to happen make sure you go support those that support this show obviously Keltec weapons keltecweapons.com Modern Spartan Systems don't just clean your firearms, modernize, modernize, optimize them with Modern Spartan Systems line of cleaning products and, of course, their TVT engine oil additive for all your engine needs. Century Arms, sponsors of the Talking Lead AK Corner, just released. If you hadn't listened to that yet, go listen to it. We talk the, and this is something you might have been interested in. I probably should have got you in on this episode. Uh, the challenges and... Uh, how to overcome the challenges of suppressing an AK-47. Interesting. Yeah. So we had a bunch of eggheads on that episode. Make sure you go back, check it out. And, of course, we gave away a Canic TP-9 uh, during that episode. So one of you lucky leadheads, if you haven't listened and found out you were the winner yet, you're going to go back and listen to that. U.S. Palm and Red Army Standard. And, of course, our newest sponsors, Fioki Ammunition. Uh, should be getting some three some new 300 blackout I'm going to be using on my hunting trips coming up uh, from those guys. So check them out. And Buck Knives, the official lead quarters for the 2020 SHOT Show. We will be at Buck Knives again this year. So, Rob, if you're at SHOT Show, make sure you come by. See us at the Buck Knives booth. I'll do that. Well, yeah. And, again, it was a pleasure having you on. And I, I know you know a lot about AK, so maybe we'll get you on the AK corner and uh, we'll talk AKs. I'm actually kind of new to the AK because I mean I, I you know I, I study a lot about it since I've started, but I'm, I'm fairly new because I was always a AR guy and really haven't handled a lot of AKs until we went to Pioneer Arms in Poland, and now I've just became a huge AK guy and yeah bought them since then. In fact, just last week I got my can out of jail. My stamp came <laughs> in, so I have dead air Wolverine. We we talked so. So that was one of our guests on the past AK Corner. We had uh, Mike Pappas with Dead Air on, and uh, we Mike, were, Mike's a great guy. He is he's an awesome dude, and we talked about his Wolverine uh, definitely. So uh, very cool. All right, guys, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. If I don't get another episode out uh, between now and then, and uh, shoot shoot me those questions. Talking about gmail.com, your Jack Wagon nominations, your Leadhead Brigade heroes, uh, topics for the show you'd like us to talk about. TalkingLead at gmail.com, or if you just want to say, hey, you suck, you know, that's great too. Send me an email saying that. Love to hear from you either way. Rob, again, thank you so much. Um, talk about getting you on the AK Corner coming up, because that's what it's all about. It's all about introducing the AK to to everyone. 
you know, everybody needs to learn more about the AK-47. Yeah, and I'd like to thank you for having me on, and I would like to thank your listeners listeners for tolerating me being on here. <laughs> well, I'm sure they thoroughly have enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, then shoot Rob some messages over on Instagram. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you, Leadheads. The, uh, so I'm, I'm writing an article about this. Your listeners can uh, see the article in Gun Digest magazine, and it will be in the SHOT Show issue. So if any of them are at SHOT Show, they'll be able to swim by the Gun Digest booth and pick up a copy okay um and then within the next one to two weeks i will also be shooting a video of a a thorough review of the g44 and i'll be putting that on my youtube page very cool some things to look forward to there from rob and and maybe we can scooch a couple of those uh magazines for you that can't make it to shot show and uh, we'll do a little giveaway for those too but until then as always lead heads keep your loved ones close and your firearms closer. And your Glock reference guide. Second edition. Even closer. Yeah, baby. <laughs>